Well, praise the Lord. Hello, Dr. Hansen. Let's do a sound check. Okay, you sound good on my end. Fantastic. How are you doing over there this evening? Well, I'm doing fine. How about you? Doing good. Hey, as we're getting started tonight, just to give a quick update to anybody who may be tuning in out there tonight, we have been going strong now since July 5th, Dr. Hansen. We are broadcasting Monday through Sunday. The good news to report is I've got all the shows uploaded through yesterday. There's about 35 platforms where people can get those. All the shows are available, and we encourage people to share these programs with anyone that they can. Get the word out about Warning with World Ministries International and the Omega Man shows. Dr. Hansen and I and the team there have been locking arms and doing two programs a week now for months. We're trying to do what we can while we still can, because uh, we may wake up one day, Dr. Hansen, and the nuke has popped off. I've been talking to people even this week, reminding them of the visions that the Lord gave you and the other men and women of God of what is coming if this nation doesn't repent. And we're looking at a November election. I wouldn't put it past these idiots in power to do anything to try to hang on to their power base, including even hitting a city with a nuke. I mean, it's possible. I've never seen the likes of what we're going through now. But I just want to say that's why we're doing these programs. We've doubled up our efforts trying to get the warning message out. So do your part and help us share these programs. But I did want to give that update. Well, thank you, Shannon. You're right. They are pushing, this administration in America has been pushing for war. I mean, they're pushing for nuclear war. I read already and and reported how the Hawaii representative in the U.S. Congress left the Democratic Party and She gave her reasons, including they're pushing for war. They're warmongers. And we're on the brink of nuclear war. They certainly don't want to give up power. This is very real. And a nuclear war is coming. And so the question is when? But it will be here. And like you said, we could wake up one morning and it happened. Or during the day it happened. But I'll tell you what, it's imminent. Tonight I have two good programs again on. I have another program with... That bishop out of Kenya, William Wachara, and with the apostolic leader, Pastor Charles Mwangi. I was speaking in a conference and revival meeting in the Seattle area, and William Wachara was also a part of the team. We did a television interview then with him, and that's what we're going to hear tonight. And then into one of my messages on I am a debtor, a true disciple's heart. In other words, we should be unstoppable. An eagle's heart is unstoppable. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Television Program. Also, wherever you're at, you could be listening to the Warning Radio, Warning Shortwave Program, social media. Welcome. I have in my studio today two special guests, both of them coming originally from Kenya. One lives in the United States. Actually, he lives in Federal Way, Washington. Pastor is a wonderful church. I'll let him introduce it to you. But he's Pastor Charles Mwangi, a good apostolic leader. I attended one of his conferences. Actually, I had the privilege to speak to leadership one day and then to the entire body the next day. The next person in my studio is Bishop Wanchera, William, good leader. I possibly will be in his church in Kenya in February. So I'm telling you, 
that you need to understand these things on what is about to happen in the United States as well as around the world. I'm going to introduce you to them right now. You want to pay close attention, especially if you live in Kenya. These are leaders from your nation, and I know that they know the current president, deputy president, that were just elected. Bishop William, welcome to the program Warning. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to have you. Good to be here. Hey, Pastor Mongi, Apostolic Leader Mongi. Thank you so much, Dr. Hansen. God bless you. You know, I had the privilege of speaking in your church not long ago in a conference. Bishop William was there. Yeah. And that's the reason why I got to know him. I spoke there some time ago also. Man, that was a great conference. I spoke on a Saturday to leadership, and a lot of different other leaders came too, and pastors, which impressed me as far as your level of anointing that drew other leaders. Yeah. And then we had a great service the next day. Yes. Also, you know, Bishop William spoke, and the next day when I spoke in the morning, he spoke at night. Man, Bishop William, I, I told you on the spot, I didn't know you could speak that good. <laughs> we give God the praise. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good message. Thank you. And I was, I was very blessed and encouraged. And literally, I did, you know, he's a better speaker than I thought. <laughs> First time I heard him. But uh, I said, wow, this guy can speak. Yeah. Why don't you tell everybody where you're pastoring in Kenya? Now, Kenya is in East Africa. So where you're pastoring? Bishop William Washera is my name. I pastor a church called the Victor's Chapel International. Okay. We're about 130 kilometers. That's about 100 miles from Nairobi. Nairobi is the capital city, and we're towards the central part of Kenya. It's a mountainous place in a place called uh, Karatina. Karatina, for those who read history, used to have the largest open-air market. It used to be the second biggest in the entire of Africa. Wow. Second biggest open-air market. Open-air market. It used to control the food prices for Eastern Central Africa. So that's, that's amazing. Where, oh, yeah. That's where we are located. And so we believe even in the spiritual realm, we have some things we affect. I mean, if we could control food prices, I believe still in the spiritual realm, there should be things we are controlling. So it's a great place. That is a good revelation. Mm. And you should challenge mm-hmm. not only your church, but mm. the leaders in that area. Yeah. Into that same understanding, that analogy. Yeah. That we need to control the spiritual dynamics mm. and influence the nation. Amen. So, uh, you know, Pastor, your conference. Yeah. Unstoppable. I, I remember Unst- that was one of the themes. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we need to be, as men of God, unstoppable. I yeah. know. Sure. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. That's burning within me. Yeah. I don't let anyone get in my way. Oh, mm. that's great. So mm. I, I think you know that about me. I do. I mean, I, do. I am not, un, you know, I am not stoppable. No, but, and I love it. You know, spiritually <laughs> speaking, you hit me, I'll get up and I'll knock you back. <laughs> I mean, uh, you'll go down harder. You're right. I do not believe in just receiving. Mm. I'm yes. talking about spiritually. <laughs> <laughs> so no matter what the enemy does, we come back. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. We come mm-hmm. back. Yeah. yeah. And like David... David got real angry with the armies of Saul because they were so intimidated and fearful. Mm. And they watched the Philistines and Goliath blaspheme his God. David, righteousness arose. And I think that's the way we should be. Absolutely. Today, many people are intimidated. They're afraid with the rhetoric. And we should be angry if the Holy Spirit is alive within us. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Unstoppable. 
Again, your conference. So you must believe that, that we are not stoppable, or we should not be. Is that right, oh, Pastor Mungi? Very, very true. When Jesus Christ was talking to Peter, he says that, Upon you, Peter, I'm building a church, and the gates of hell shall not overcome it. We have to be really unstoppable. Mm. We have to go beyond every barrier. We have to cross the line because we are the church of Jesus Christ. And therefore, when we talk about unstoppable, mm. we really mean unstoppable. And I love what you talked about, <laughs> David. Literally in that battle, David is telling these people, because you say, Goliath is calling the army of Saul. He's saying, you're the armies of Saul. That's what Goliath was saying. But David comes and tells him, excuse me, oh. these are the armies of God. Yes, Literally, yes. he changes their identity. Yeah. Wow. It's like, you guys are being stopped because the identity you have mm. is the army of Saul. Exactly. And he comes and says, no way, you are the armies of the living God. I think it was a powerful conference. And I believe understanding our identity is very key for us not to be stopped. You know, I think you're right. I think that's something to remember, mm -hmm. that we need to make sure we ourselves, mm -hmm. all leaders, understand our identity, mm -hmm. who we are. Mm -hmm. You know, the great movers and shakers, they understood their identity was with Christ. Mm. Yeah. And we understand that. If we do, we're unstoppable. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I understand that when I travel the nations. Mm. Nobody can stop me. Sure. God is with me. His angels are around me. Amen. I'm not stoppable. Amen. Mm. And that's what we got to get across to not only all leaders of the church, mm -hmm. but the people in the church. Yes, yeah. you're right. When you you're get right. that across to the people in your church, yeah. that church will just bust out of the seams. Amen. Now, I know you just built a nice church. You might have to expand and build some more. I know. <laughs> it could be just a Sunday school. Hey! <laughs> it'll, it'll just be a, an auditorium for the Bible school. Where I, I know, I know. Because <laughs> we're not stoppable. Amen. And that's the reality. Ambassadors, eagles should not be stoppable. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We should not be stoppable. Mm. Now, again, you just elected in Kenya. Even though, Pastor Mwangi, you live in America. You've been here six years. So you're, you're one of us. Oh, yeah. You're trying also to help us save America. Yes. You know, your roots, your heritage goes back to Kenya. You're very interested in what's going on in Kenya. I am. And so you're pleased with the president and vice president, deputy president, mm -hmm. that has been elected. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because Kenya is my motherland. And it's a nation that I've been praying for. It's a season now that we are in that God has opened for the church. Mm. And when the righteous rule, there is peace in the nation. Yes, mm. yes. And mm. so it's not just an election. This was a time that God has been planning for this nation, a revival that has to come. And therefore, I'm very, very passionate in this. And I thank God that we have God-fearing leaders, the president himself, the deputy president, men who have a heart for God, men who have a heart for the people. And so it is a season for the church. It is a dispensation that the church must wake up and take advantage of the season. You're right. You know, you and I talked about it, Bishop William. Yeah, yeah. Even in my conference room, mm -hmm. my boardroom, we talked about it on radio earlier. Uh-huh. That we must take advantage in Kenya of this time when the church should be protected. Mm -hmm. There should be more peace. But, you know, there's a new pharaoh coming in the future. Mm. 
-hmm. And if the church doesn't understand that mm -hmm. and really solidify and, and allow a great awakening to come, we're all through Kenya. Yeah. We have a spiritual revival and there's righteousness. The nation will become attacked again. That's true. You're right. Because yeah. Joseph, there was another Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. And he did not remember the people of Joseph. Mm -hmm. You're right. And You're right. attacked them. And they were in bondage mm -hmm. 400 years. Yeah. So we can't just sit back and say, okay, we're good now. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. got to be a great awakening. Yeah. We've got to have revival, the spiritual revival, so there's righteousness all mm -hmm. through Kenya, mm -hmm. or else judgment will fall. Yeah. And for well, sins bring judgment. I Idolatry, immorality, mm. killing the innocent, mm -hmm. and dividing the land of Israel. Mm. Now, I love America. I love Kenya. Mm -hmm. I'm involved with both nations as mm -hmm. well as many others. Yeah. But obviously, not every church in Kenya or America is righteous. You're right. Oh, that's, that's if true. it was, you wouldn't be called a third world nation. I know. Mm -hmm. You'd be first world. Oh, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Let's understand these things. There's got to be righteousness. Mm. Now, mm. America is toppling. If, if we don't get back to God, mm. I don't know where we're going to end up, but we're not going to be a first world nation. We're going to drop. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we've got to have a great awakening or America will be a third or fourth world nation. That's true. That's You've got to have a great awakening. Mm. Yeah. Bishop mm. William? The Bible says righteousness exalts a nation. Exactly. And so if the nations will be exalted, it's not just about having a good leader up there. Yes. I mean, he has got to bring the nation to a place where it's going to walk in the righteousness of God. Yes. And that's what we, like we're saying about our nation, Kenya, the church must realize what ought to be done so that we're not just excited, oh, on the top up there, we have God-fearing nation. It needs to trickle down mm. to literally every member of the church. It needs to trickle down to the cabinet. It needs to trickle down to the police. I mean, literally, we've got to preach righteousness. We've got to preach repentance so that the Lord now may be able to place us to where we're supposed to be. You're exactly right. I wrote a book called The Science of Judgment, which should be appearing in, you know, about 280 Bible schools. There comes a point of no return. Mm -hmm. Now listen to this, Ezekiel 7, 8 through 9. Mm -hmm. Now will I shortly pour out my fury upon you and accomplish my anger upon you. I will judge you according to your ways and recompense you for all your abominations. My eye will not spare, neither will I have pity. Mm. I will recompense thee according to your ways and thine abominations that are in the midst of thee, and ye shall know that I am the Lord that smiteth thee. Oh. It goes on. Ezekiel 14, 13, 14, 16, 18 through 20. Son of man, when the land sinneth against me by trespassing grievously, mm. I will stretch my hand upon it. I will break the staff of the bread thereof. I will send famine upon it. I will cut off man and beast from it. Though these men were in it, Noah, Daniel, and Job, they shall never deliver, deliver their own souls by their righteousness, saith the Lord. That's all they will deliver. Mm. Though these three men were in it, as I live, saith the Lord, they shall deliver neither sons or daughters. They only shall be delivered, but the land will be desolate. Mm -hmm. Though these three men were in it, as I live, says the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons or daughters, but they only shall be delivered themselves. Oh. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither sons nor daughters. They shall be delivered only by their own righteousness. And it goes on oh, and yeah. on. My mm. book, The Science mm. of Judgment, The Rise mm. and Fall of Nations, yeah. over 300 pages. Mm -hmm. There comes a point of no return. Yeah. 
And we've got to understand that. Yeah. We can't play with God. Oh, no. You yeah. don't just keep playing, playing. Yeah, you're right. You know, a person can go to church all their life but never submit to the Word of God, the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grieving the Holy Spirit, you know, He's convicted, He's convicted, He's... And finally, there's no more conviction. Mm. Yeah. He can hear you. It doesn't convict Him. Yeah. That's grieving the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's the walking dead. Yeah. That's a seared conscience. That's yeah. true. We must understand these things. Mm. All nations have their limitations. Mm -hmm. And God uses other nations to judge it, to attack it. And then he attacks and brings down those other nations when their cup of iniquity becomes full. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bishop Williams? Like you said, the fact that, you know, that you have been in church for so many years, it doesn't really make you righteous. That's right. Just like we say, uh, you may hang around sheep, but it doesn't make you a sheep. Literary. So I believe the church, we that are in leadership at this time, we have a very big responsibility to speak the prophetic voice, the apostolic alignment. Where does the church need to be a season like this? Yes. What are we supposed to be doing? Because we're not going to win the eight time battle until the spirit of the sons of Issachar. That prophetic voice of what is the season we are at? And not only that, because that understanding the season is not enough. What ought to be done? Yeah. Because you will look at Jonathan, the son of Saul. He understood the season. He in fact tells David, I know the Lord is going to make you the king. Yes. I know that. Mm. And I'm going to be just below you. But he goes ahead and hangs around Saul. Yeah. I mean, it should just have been bold enough. So the question is, is the church bold enough to be able to take a bold step to move from where it's been to the season that God wants it to be in? Because Jonathan and Saul dies the same day. Yes. Yet Jonathan knew if he had stopped hanging around the camp of the further, he would have lived. There you go. And so... The church, we must be bold enough, number one, to know the season, to understand what needs to be done, and to be bold enough to do that which ought to be done. No, that's excellent. You know, when the death angel came on Egypt, Mm -hmm. and you study it, the same 10 plagues are coming again in the book of Revelation, representing 10 different gods and other things. Mm. But uh, the 10 different plagues, and then the last one, were the death angel. If the Hebrews, the firstborn, did not stay under the blood, if they went outside, they would have been struck down just like the Egyptian firstborn. Mm. You're right. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have got to be in right relationship. We've got to be under the blood because we know what the Bible says. I mean, sooner or later, we understand what's going to happen. And two billion people dying. But we need to stay under the blood so we're we're right in relationship with God Mm -hmm. and His covering can be with us and protect us. And a lot of problems that are coming because God sends plagues to fight the enemies of Jesus Christ. Mm. Are we an enemy of Christ? See, you better be in right relationship. I know. Pastor Charles? You know, Jesus said, occupy till I come. Yes. And the church must identify that they have a place. Yeah. No doubt about that. And one of the things that the devil really uses is to make sure that he moves us, he moves the church Mm. from the position. When Adam was placed in the Garden of Eden, 
there was a place. Mm. And God used to come to that place. Not with the place. Mm. There mm. was the spot mm. where God used to come. Adam did not change, but he was moved from the spot. Mm. Yes, yes, and so yes. when God comes, he don't fight him on the spot. And the devil knows, because he may not do so much with us, he just wants to move us from our place. Mm. Yes, yes, Because yes. when the church moves from her place, then the devil can play the game well. That's right. That's because, right. because when God comes, then he cannot spot us. He cannot do what he wanted to do. Mm. Yeah. Because there is a place where we must remain. Yeah. The church must remain in her position. The time the church moves from her position, the manifestation is no longer there. Wow. Because God has a place. He don't operate from nowhere. And so the devil knows that. And so he just wants to make sure the church is not in her place. We must come back. The church must arise and occupy wow. so that there be manifestation. And the purpose of God shall be revealed. There you go. That's a good illustration. Just like the Hebrews, they must stay in their place mm. under the blood. Yeah. Under God's government. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. his hand of protection can be with them. I know. So we must be in our place, like you said. Yeah. And we must occupy. Mm -hmm. We can't just sit back and, and say, uh, okay, we have a couple good leaders. It takes a lot more than a couple. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. President Trump found that out. Mm -hmm. It took a lot more. He thought he was draining the swamp. He had an ocean he was fighting. <laughs> and he needed a lot more righteous leaders yeah, around him. Right. Sure, sure. And so, I mean, the president and deputy president, they need a lot more righteous leaders. Mm -hmm. And the bride of Christ must understand that and intercede for them. That's very true. You know what Apostle Charles is saying? Standing in your place. Because if God is ever going to pick and fight the battle, you see, he tells Jehoshaphat, you will not need to fight in this battle. Mm -hmm. He's saying, this is my battle. But you've got to do one thing. Mm -hmm. Stand in your place. So if you don't stand in your place, I'm not going to be able to give you the victory mm, that you expect. Right. I mean, right. So you have to be ready to stand in your place. And yes. I think that is very key. Very important. When Moses went under the direction of the Lord mm -hmm. uh, to the Red Sea, now it took a lot of faith, mm -hmm. trust in God, mm -hmm. to go where there was no escape. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Because the Egyptians were going to kill him. You're right. <laughs> but yet, he stood his ground. Mm. If he would have gone another way, they would have been slaughtered. Mm. He stood his ground, even though he didn't understand mm. how God was going to deliver him. Mm -hmm. We must stand our ground and then do what God said. Stick your rod and the sea departed. Amen. <gasps> Pastor Charles? Amen, yeah. It goes for understanding, as Bishop was saying about the seasons, the children of Issachar, that we must know when to stop and when to leave. Mm. Amen. It's not here, it's not there. Mm. We have to know the timings. Mm. You know, when the crowd was leading them, there was a time that the crowd could stop. We must know when not to move. If the crowd stops, we must stop. Oh, man. Yes. When the crowd takes off, we have to take off. Yes. So, so, so the church must come to this place. Because when we are able to move with God, the steppings of the Lord, then the purpose that he has for the church and for the nations, then will be refilled, will be manifested. Amen. And, you know, I saw you wanted to jump in there uh, a little bit ago. So, so jump in there right now, Bishop. Man, I was just thinking of Rahab. Rahab gets into covenant with the two spies. But the two spies are telling this woman, it's okay, you have asked that we save you or God is going to save you when we come back. But here is the deal. You must stay in this house. Oh. And there has to be the red carrot on this widow. If anybody is out of this house and we don't have the red carrot thread on your widow, then we can't. 
can save you. Oh. So I think position is so important. Mm. That is so critical. Position. Pastor? No question about position. If you do it in the wrong place, mm. you definitely miss it. Mm. And so it's a very huge responsibility for the church to know the position. Not debatable. We need to understand. We need to occupy. Because it's only that time that the Lord is able to move with us. Position, position. Position, position. Yeah. Wow. Again, you've been listening to the Warning Television program. Some of you are listening on Warning Radio, shortwave, social media, watching and listening. Two tremendous leaders with me today. Pastor Charles Mwangi, apostolic leader, and Bishop William Wachera. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org www.worldministries.org. No matter where you're at around the world, you can watch or listen to these programs. Again, www.worldministries.org. And again, subscribe to Eagles Saving Nations. Eagles Saving Nations. Closing comments, Pastor. We are in the season. We are in the time. Let's occupy. Let's stay in our position. And when we are there, the deal will be all right. Bishop, be where you're supposed to be. Position. When you're wrongly positioned, even your faith does not work. When you're rightly positioned, Mm. even a little faith is going to bring you results. You know, I like that. If you're not in the right position, even your faith won't help you. (laughs) It's like praying outside of the will of God. I mean, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. It's like the devil tempting Jesus, jump off. He wouldn't have been saved. Mm. Position is everything. Amen. May God bless you. I want to speak today on it's now time. It's now time. Democratic member of the U.S. House of Representatives, Tulsi Gabbard, made the following statement about why she is leaving the Democratic Party. Quote, I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party. It is now under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers driven by cowardly wokeness who divide us by rationalizing every issue and stoking an anti-white racism. They actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms enshrined in our Constitution, are hostile to people of faith and spirituality. They demonize the police and protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans. They believe in open borders, weaponize the national security state to go after political opponents, and above all, are dragging us ever closer to a nuclear war. Again, Tulsi Gabbard from Hawaii in the U.S. Congress Resigned, left the Democratic Party. She's leaving the Democratic Party. According to the May 2022 Gallup poll, 76% of Americans think fornication is morally acceptable. 71% believe homosexuality relations are proper. 52% think abortion is permissible. A Pew Research Landscape survey found only 20% of millennials believe the Bible is the literal word of God compared to 35% of baby boomers. Another survey said that only 12% of children's and youth pastors have a biblical world view. Plus, just because you believe in God mentally and know He is real doesn't mean you serve Him. Satan is the perfect example. He knows God is real. He believes God is real, but he doesn't serve God. 
You can know something exists and still openly defy it. Help us protect the believers in America and the nations by supporting what we're trying to accomplish in America and around the world. Again, you can go to our website, www.worldministries.org. www.worldministries.org. We need another great awakening. At the end of this program, you're going to see Eagles saving nations. We must get into the national stadiums, NFL stadiums, NBA arenas. We must have another great awakening or this nation is going to topple. I had a sergeant on previously running for the Senate, Washington State. Sergeant with the Snohomish County Sheriff's Department, a solid man of God. He understands the lawlessness that is sweeping Washington State, that is sweeping America. I interviewed so many law enforcement officers the last two weeks running politically. Thank God we've got to put righteous men and women back into government. If we don't, this nation is falling apart. We're in tyranny. They're trying to topple the republic, and only the church, the bride of Christ, can stop this insanity. If we don't rise up, we are going to lose America. Jesus made it very clearly. He gave you that responsibility as his ambassador. Go tarry and represent me. Be my ambassador. Make disciples in every nation. You can pray all you want. He's not coming out of heaven to save America. If the bride of Christ doesn't save America, it's falling. Good people will stave off judgment from America's destruction. But unless America itself finally repents of four sins that bring judgment on a nation, idolatry, immorality, killing the innocent, and dividing the land of Israel, the nation will fall anyway. It'll come under judgment. When I meet with President Trump, that's what I am going to exhort upon him, Mr. President, because even Republicans now accept, for the most part, homosexuality. Good leadership will stop the tyranny. It will not stop judgment. There's got to be another great awakening. Eagles Saving Nation, inspired by the Lord to schedule major services throughout America. Again, go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Join it today. Let's stop what's going on and put God back in America. Again, it's now time. What motivates me? I am a debtor, Paul said. I am a debtor, Romans 1, 14 through 16. I'm a debtor both to Greeks and barbarians, both the wise and unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. For the Jew first and then to the Greek. Paul reveals his heart to reach all people to the gospel of Jesus Christ and gives three reasons why we must do that. One, he says, I am a debtor. What motivates me? What pushes me? What compels me to travel the nations since 85? I realize I am a debtor. There is a heaven. There is a hell. Everything I do now is to represent Christ, to bring peace to the nations through Jesus Christ, through the gospel, to protect the innocent from dying because more Christians are dying right now all over the world than any generation combined. There's a direct attack on the bride of Christ. Because it is against this new world order, this one world government that tries to control mankind and usher in pure tyranny. I am a debtor. All Christians should have a measure of this apostolic heart after having been impacted by the ministry of the Apostle Paul. 
Apostles will impart to us a sense of obligation. Paul says, I am a debtor. When the apostolic heart has been revealed to us, we also have a sense of our obligation to share the good news. We all become, if you want to say, missionaries to the part of the world God has sent us into. God has called us to live in and influence our society and our nations. We're supposed to be salt. We're supposed to occupy. We're supposed to take dominion. We're supposed to rule. We're supposed to reign. When the church did this at the beginning, we became the greatest nation ever in the history of mankind. God impacted me with this saying as I realized that Jesus had paid my debts. All the sins I had committed, ever will commit. And he's left with this knowledge that I am a debtor. My debts include all the lost people of the world. I owe it to Jesus to tell them about what he has done for me. I also owe it to them because I know the truth regarding eternal life. And for me to withhold a life-saving device from a drowning person would be criminal. The church today that lives in the me culture may never give thought to the, our responsibility, obligation to spread the good news of Jesus. The excuses range from that's not my spiritual gift to I don't have that kind of personality. The question, do you have the Holy Spirit in you? Because he pushes you to share your faith, to represent him. Are you a slave to Jesus Christ? When our hearts are touched with this apostolic gift, in this grace, we realize that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts, resulting in a sense of obligation for the eternal destiny of others. Paul realized he was a debtor. Second point, I am ready. Paul goes on to reveal the impact of this sense of obligation upon his own life by indicating how he had prepared himself in response. He says, as much as is in me, I am ready. Wow. There's no half-hearted response. As much as is in me means he will give 110% effort. He will give everything he has. The same Paul that persecuted the church with all of his efforts, now realizing that he was serving the wrong master, gave everything he has to set people free, to try to undo as much damage as he could to bring salvation to those that didn't realize Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. As much as is in me, in other words, I have done all to prepare myself to meet the challenge of sharing the gospel in any culture to any ethnic group. This is a missionary heart. This is the heart of Christ. This is how we had mega churches. The heart of God, the heart of God is missions. The heart of God is to the nations. The heart of God is evangelism. The heart of God is bringing people out of deception, out of depression, out of bondages, and setting them free. This is the heart of God to give people a new beginning. You have that understanding. We're a debtor. I was a debtor. You are a debtor. I'm still a debtor. Why? Because my heart is given to Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior. I represent him. I'm his ambassador. We haven't won the world yet for Christ. I am still a debtor. Jesus gave everything to the Father. He was a debtor. He gave it all. God is still giving it all through the Holy Spirit inside you and I. And now we are supposed to let him be master and give it all. Let Jesus continue in you through the Holy Spirit. That's why he said, go tarry. Don't even try to represent me until you're endued with my power because you'll fail. You'll compromise. You'll be intimidated. 
We're supposed to move with the reality of the power of God. As much as is in me, I am ready. Why do we go to the church to attend Bible studies and conferences, if not to prepare ourselves to share the gospel? Without this sense of obligation, we will study and learn all we can to enhance our own lives and live the dream of prosperity. To give an answer for the hope that is in our hearts. I've interviewed, like I said, the last few weeks, a lot of good men wanting to serve their nation and their state politically. They understand they are a debtor. The ones I've interviewed are solid, born-again men or women. They understand their God-given responsibility as debtors to bring peace to the nation, to stop tyranny in the nations or the state. They understand this passion, this motivation. The Holy Spirit is driving them because of their relationship with God. They understand if they don't do it, this nation is falling, no matter how much you pray. Because you are the ambassador of Jesus Christ. You bring peace to the nations. God does not yet until the battle of Armageddon. He gave that to your responsibility. Pray for yourself, Jesus said, so you can do the will of God. Pray for yourself. The bride of Christ has got to understand we have a responsibility to save America, to save the states, to put the right people into office. If even when are in office, the righteous are persecuted. If we put the righteous in, the church is blessed. It's protected. It's prosperous. You put the wrong people in, and let me tell you, persecution like you've never seen or dreamed is about to happen. It's about to happen! What I fear is we're not going to open our eyes until blood is flowing and it's too late. That's what I fear. We need a sense of urgency, obligation. We must lift our vision to the whitened harvest field and prepare to give an answer for the hope that is in our hearts. Be able to answer all men why we're representing Jesus Christ, why we're taking this stand, as a sergeant did yesterday, and turn some people around by the truth. The Bible says the truth will set you free if you will share the truth. God is waiting for the church to bring in the harvest of the former and latter rains so that he can send his son back to earth. James 5, 7 through 9. Paul urges Timothy to be fully prepared to share his faith by being a diligent student of the word. Be ready to share your faith in season and out of season. Have this gospel in you. Be able to speak to all men, whether they live in the slums or whether they live in the White House. 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Paul was prepared with the wisdom and revelation of the word of God. He was ready to explain that the finished work of Christ is enough, and he shared it in enough detail to convince the unbelievers of their need to receive Jesus Christ. People with a history have a testimony, and they can help others come out of the same situation they were in. Now listen to me out there, whether you've been raped, whether you were in drug addiction, alcoholic, you have a testimony. You can have others that have no hope, that are in despair, that are maybe contemplating suicide. You can help them have a future. You can give them hope. You can give them again the recipe for a new life. Each one of you, they're in a situation we can use our past better than anyone else. Again, Paul was prepared with the wisdom and revelation of the Word of God to explain the finished work of Jesus Christ, to convince people, even political people. Even Felix said, you've about convinced me. 
First Timothy 4.1 talks about doctrines of demons seducing people that are not grounded in their faith. Have you studied what you believe and what the other guy believes so well that you can share your faith and bring him out of his deception? Show them the difference between truth and error. When we become debtors, we will start to be ready. Finally, he said, I am not ashamed. First, I am a debtor. Two, I am ready. And three, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Some people seem ashamed of their faith, ashamed to share it, lest they're criticized. Do we understand if you're ashamed of Christ? The Bible says clearly, I don't say it. He'll be ashamed of you. Don't you get it? Or do you don't think the word of God is true? If you're ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you. Paul knows and expects that the power of God will manifest as he preaches the gospel so that the message will be confirmed and people will be without excuse. Paul was not ashamed. You evaluate it whenever you're afraid to share your faith. Why are you ashamed? Well, I'll tell you, too much pride and vanity. Not enough time with God. Not enough time with the Spirit of God that's ashamed of nothing. So you can can be led by His Spirit. That's what fasting is all about. So we deny Self-preservation, which is eating, we spend time in the Word and the Spirit. We are filled with it until we can go anywhere and speak to anybody. You've heard me say that's how I go into countries of genocide. When I went to Rwanda, 1.3 million people slaughtered. In three to six months, I fasted 42 days. To overcome my own fear and intimidation brought on by my pride, my vanity, I had to have a lot more of God in me. So I was not ashamed, not afraid, realizing I'm a debtor. That to live, I live for Christ. And to die, I'm promoted. And then I met with a government and represented Christ. Paul knows and expects the power of God will manifest as he preaches. I love to go into Muslim nations because I love to see the miracles. God will reveal himself and show himself. Tremendous miracles. One Muslim in Dubai broke the back. They carried him in, touched him. All of a sudden, he got up, did a backflip, ran around, instantly healed. God loves to reveal his power, the power of God to salvation. Have you ever had the urge to share the gospel, but balked because you would have and were ashamed? You didn't want to seem. I was on an airplane. If I wasn't walking with God closely at the time, God showed me the stewardess. Northwest Airlines had cancer. I got up and walked up to her and said, you have cancer, can I pray for you? She dropped her trays. All of the other stewardess ran, thinking I had hurt her. She said, leave him alone, leave him alone. God showed him I have cancer. Let him pray for me. We have the answer. We can't be ashamed of the gospel. We're causing a scene. Acts 14, 8 through 9. Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet, was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked, This man heard Paul speaking. Paul observed him intently, seeing that he had faith to be healed, and said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Paul was ready for anything and was not ashamed to be identified with Christ. Not ashamed. As I heard our guest speaker today, the sergeant running for the Senate, it's obviously he is not ashamed of his faith. I'm very happy to be associated with another warrior for Jesus Christ. The lieutenant that I had of the Seattle Police Department, 
who's running for political office. He is not ashamed. A great interview. It's very clear he gave testimony of his faith in Jesus Christ. These are the type of people we want representing us. Acts 14, 20, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. The next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. I am not ashamed. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lived in Paul, lives in you, lives in me. The same spirit that caused him to preach and even going to Rome where he knew it was prophesied, you'll be killed. Yet he was not ashamed. He was a debtor. And I am ready, he said. And many Romans came to Christ. Are you ready? Are you ready now? Now is the time. Let's save America. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org, and subscribe to Eagles Saving Nations. Click on the button. Join our team today. Eagles Saving Nations. Let's save America. We need another great awakening. God bless you. Shannon. Hey, this was a powerful word tonight. Dr. Hanson, as we're here at the end of the program, I wanted to share something with you. You may have heard the news already. Did you hear that the uh, socialist dictator over in Canada, Trudeau, just signed a law that says you cannot buy, sell, or trade handguns anymore in Canada? Yes, I've been following Trudeau. I did years ago a television program labeling him a communist and that he would destroy Canada, and he's doing just that. He just took away their right to bear arms. Of course, we know that the UN has been wanting to do this for some time. The UN Small Arms Ban Treaty, they want to take away handguns. And of course, if they got the handguns, they'll go after the rifles over there next. You know, and leaving like UK and Australia pretty much castrated. And the only ones that have weapons to defend themselves are nobody. The guns will be in the hands of the gangs, the thugs, and the military. Actually, actually, Shannon, also earlier, when the truckers protested, then they passed a law now that if there's protest, they can not only arrest the person, but they can take away his property in his house. Absolutely. Many people had their bank accounts seized and shut down. One other thing I wanted to highlight, I'm going to send you a video for this, is there is a cardinal in the Catholic Church, very high-ranking. His name is uh, Mueller, I believe. And he was just interviewed by EWTN, which is a big Catholic broadcasting network. He and others are speaking up for the first time and saying that there is a hostile takeover occurring under this pope that's heading up the Catholic Church. This guy that they have an office over there, this pope, he is pro-LGBTQ. He's, he's a sodomite activist. And he is completely sold over to the World Economic Forum and embraces this global governance. And this cardinal got up, and it's going to cause, I'm sure, a big stir, and said, uh, if we continue at the rate we're going, the Catholic Church will cease to exist. He said, this pope is saying that basically same-sex marriage is okay. We want to welcome that into the church. And the pope has an agenda right now. He is going against any of the quote-unquote traditionalist Catholics saying that they're involved in sin. You know, they're not running with the Catholic Church in this new direction that the Pope wants to take them. He wants to take them right under the Antichrist government, one world church, of course. But it was really shocking to hear this cardinal say this and speak out and say, instead of following what Jesus Christ says in the word, 
they think that they can change the church with just a popular vote and take into whatever direction they want. The last comment I want to make on that is the uh, interviewer said, well, what happens if they're successful? He said the Catholic Church will cease to exist. And I got to thinking about it, Dr. Hansen. I have seen in recent years people coming out of the Methodist Church, the Lutheran Church, Episcopalians. They're ordaining even homosexuals in the church, lesbians. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? One of these churches just brought in a cross-dresser to give a talk from the pulpit to the youth. And I'm thinking, I don't understand this. I grew up in the church, Church of God, you know, Assemblies of God, Methodist Church. One by one, they seem to be caving, and they're moving in the direction of the sodomites and compromise. What if the Catholic Church is destroyed? If they can take down a billion-strong church, these other ones that we all know the names of will also be dismantled. And what are we going to be left with? Will it be just like Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith? Brother, there's so much compromise out there that it's just crazy. And very clear now what this Pope stands for. One world order. There's even a commercial being run by the Committee on Foreign Relations. I saw it last night, the CFR. And they've even modified the name. They're calling it the Liberal World Order. This is a brute force power grab being undertaken on a global scale right now. I believe they use COVID as a cover story for the excuse to put us all on lockdown for two years, take our rights. They're talking about bringing it back again. And now we've got a government of idiots up there led with generals who are cross-dressers. Have you seen one of the generals up there that is half man, half woman? From the waist up, he looks like a man. From the waist down, he's got his skirt, his hose, and his slippers. And his date that night is some androgynous male. Yes, you know, I brought out the Methodist Church and others and how bringing in drag queens, the Methodist Church has just ordained a drag queen, just ordained them to lead a church. You know, Malachi's prophecy, I brought this out years ago, taught on it. This Pope right now is a pure communist, a pure communist. He wants to lead in the economy direction of the world. He has already met with Islamic leaders and say, we all serve the same God. He will split the church. If Malachi's prophecy is correct, he's the last Pope. He will split the church. Now, again, the Catholic Church is still in cahoots and will be in cahoots with the European Union as a European Union led by Germany leads a war. This Pope is a communist and he's bringing, obviously, heresy into the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Church is not innocent. It's been filled with heresy already where they take Pope's dogma, church tradition, over Scripture. So I've reported on this many, many years the heresies involved in the Catholic Church, how through the years the Catholic Church has killed 66 million Protestants. So the Catholic Church has always been an enemy of the real church, and they will continue to be the enemy, and they'll continue to bring persecution on the real church. Very interesting that this Pope is all in on global governance, and that's the buzzword now. You know, a.k.a. the World Economic Forum's Great Reset. And it's bottom line, it's about enslaving you and I under dictators who worship Satan, injecting you with the mark of the beast and killing you if you do not submit to their globalist rule. You know, Dr. Hanson, I want to say one more thing, if you give me just a second. That is, you remember all the things that President Trump was accused of doing. Turns out that, you know, these sodomocrats were doing it themselves. There was no Russian collusion. Hillary was found out to be a liar. 
they find her $100,000 and they let this other guy, I think Dashinko the other day, off. He didn't lie to the FBI, but they didn't cut any slack to Jerome Corsi. They didn't cut any slack to Roger Stone, who I don't believe lied, but just a mere implication. Look at how they were persecuted. You know, there is a multi-tier justice system. But what I wanted to say in that is, do you remember Hillary getting up and saying, we don't want Trump to have the nuclear footballs? Yes. He might bring on us. And then let us not forget about General Milley, who was a traitor, I believe, to President Trump. And he, at the very end of the presidency, was talking about how they were afraid Trump was going to get the nuclear keys and launch nuclear war. Listen, he was not going to do nuclear war. Are you kidding me? And now look at where we're at. Several years later, the very people that said Trump was a lunatic and wanted to take us to nuclear war, they're doing it themselves. We stand on the precipice of going to war against Russia, and some are saying that it has been the plan for some time of the U.S. government and NATO to want to go after Russia to eliminate them because they cannot be controlled, and it's Russia that stands in the way of this great reset. Now, whether or not that's true, I'm still trying to find out, but Look at everything that they accused him of. These wicked people have done it themselves. And uh, either they're stupid, Dr. Hansen, the people in government think that we could win a war against Russia who has more nuclear weapons than anybody, or they want to destroy America, and they are agents of communists with that plan. Either way, it doesn't seem like it's going to turn out well if these people remain in office. Now, I heard that in two weeks from now, every House seat is up for grabs. There could be a total flip over there in Congress. The question is, will we get to that point? I don't know the answer to that, and I trust that we uh, have more time. But I was also going to make one more statement. I heard that our military is so depleted now, just as our energy stockpiles since Biden took over, and we have not developed a nuclear weapon since about 93. That's almost 30 years ago, let alone tested them. And I heard that they have shelf lives. And one commentator came out the other day and said, Already, our nuclear stockpile could be used and not even work. We don't know. I think it's foolhardy to think that we could go to war with Russia. Could they be the bear that the Bible's talking about with the ribs in its mouth that goes out and takes much meat, much flesh? Every day, I think that the vision you saw from 98 to 2008 where you warned America, Dmitry Dudeman saying that California, Florida, New York State, and Vegas were going to be destroyed in one hour by nukes, and Russia would invade. Henry Groover saw Russian subs attack, hit us with an EMP burst. A.A. Allen saw destruction in America. David Wilkerson saw all of New York burning. I think he wrote about it in the 74 book, The Vision. And others that are even having more current dreams and visions recently, like Chris Reed from Morningstar. Brother, we're in some serious trouble. I know that it has to happen, but uh, you know who wants it to happen now? We would hope that we could push it back a bit. Back to you. Well, Shannon, I've taught on just about everything you've said, and if we went into it and unpackaged it, we'd be here another couple hours. But Obama and Trudeau are great allies, great friends. And so Obama really propped up Trudeau, guided Trudeau, and Trudeau's doing in Canada what they're trying to do in America, what they want to do. So as you watch what's going on in Canada, they're trying to follow suit in America. Now, I've wrote on the next four world wars, you know, Russia, China, India, and the Asiatic allies. Let me tell you, they're not going to bring down Russia. America is going to lose a major war. Russia, China, India, 
the treaty there they have, including different Asiatic countries, are going to survive and go into Jerusalem in Armageddon. Let me tell you something. We're in for a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble before the Lord returns. Amen. The only hope any of us have is the Lord Jesus Christ. Outside of him, there is no protection. There is no hope. And knowing all these things are upon us, all the more reason we need to work until he returns, takes us home, or we die with our boots on. He has not rescinded his great commission over Mark 16. And, you know, digging a bunker is not the answer either. That's shirking from the duty he's called us to do. That's why what you're doing there at World Ministries International is so important. You're sounding the alarm, but you're also giving people hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. He can save them today if they will call on his name. And you are trying to do something about it with the Eagle Saving Nations. Well, and uh, folks, exactly we cannot give up. That's what we, we need to do, to and we need every listener to be a part of it. I want millions of people to subscribe to Eagle Saving Nations. People say, what can I do? You can do this much. I mean, there's three levels, but the lowest level is $50 a year. Good night. That's taking your wife out for coffee and getting a treat. You can do that much. We're going to lose America. America is falling. There is a communist takeover if we don't stop this insanity. Will we have free elections? God knows. We gotta, I'm involved with a 50-state prayer. I'm leading it in the state of Washington. We are in desperate times. They are pushing for nuclear war. You've heard me give warning already months ago on this aspect with even a member in the House of Representatives. They're pushing for nuclear war. We're concerned and really praying that we have free elections, even November 6th. This is no joke. They don't want to give up power. So we better take this thing seriously. We better pray, stand in a gap. We better preach. There's got to be a great awakening. If the bride of Christ doesn't lead this charge, I'm telling you, America is falling and tyranny will be upon us. Dr. Hansen, if someone wants to support this ministry of World Ministries, how can they do that? If they want to send me a check, our address is World Ministries International, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. World Ministries International. Write a check to WMI, P.O. Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. My phone number, 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. We take all credit cards. Again, PayPal, Zelle, my website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. Again, they can support us that way on PayPal or Zelle. And, and also, subscribe to Eagle Saving Nations. We need to get into the stadiums. We need to get back to Pentecost. We need people to be fearless, to go out understanding they are a debtor, Truth takes away deception. We're not going to be intimidated by 87,000 armed IRS agents. We're not going to sit back and be afraid if they call us names. We are going like David, leading a charge and rooting the Philistines. We've got to get back to Pentecost. Eagles saving nations. I would like millions and millions and millions of people to subscribe. Amen. We occupy till Jesus comes. Die with our boots on if that's what it takes. But we do not quit or turn back or we're not fit for the kingdom of God. Dr. Hanson, we love you all. Thank you for letting us be a part of this. We'll see you next time. God bless you, Shannon. God bless you all.